warning. The following program may contain sweeping assumptions. If you are of a weak disposition, please consider retuning to another radio station. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1. 833 eBay 723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is fake announcer guy saying here's Philip and Sherry with another fine program. So it's the Selling on eBay radio show here to uh, make you more profitable in your eBay business. Maybe make you have a little bit more fun at the same time too. Philip and Sherry with you. Uh, Sherry is uh, based in Colorado. She's a full-time seller on eBay. And uh, nothing is more exciting each month than awaiting the fresh arrival of my First for Women magazine. And uh, surprisingly enough, when this month's edition arrived, I was surprised to see Sherry was uh, included inside in a big photo spread. What's up with that? (laughs) Well done, by the way. Thank you. And Philip is over there hiding in the marshes of Florida, where he moved from a small island mm-hmm. off, well, somewhere near France in 94 and started selling occasionally in 1999. But he's been selling professionally since about 12 years ago. And he sells professional electronics, so he doesn't mess with the small stuff. Absolutely not. If you want to see the stuff we do sell, we're not going to bore you with that on there, but you're very welcome to check out our respective operations. Uh, The website for that is www.sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online to find out about us. And uh, coming up in the the show this week, we'll give you an example of how perhaps you shouldn't handle a case if one is opened against you on eBay. And at what point do you say no deal? And that's part of our New Year resolution, I think, to try and be uh, more negative about things, maybe. And um, apparently, uh, man bags are a big thing now on eBay, and they could cost $500 or more, which is um, a total surprise to me. Anyway, we'll find out about that as well. Oh, yeah. The quest for understanding profitability continues. The Holy Grail indeed. And uh, we'll talk to Sherry about what actually happens uh, if you are um, awarded one of those up and running grants. 10,000 eBay dollars comes your way. But what happens next? Do they ask any difficult questions? We'll find out later in the program. Thank you for listening. Again, if you want to take part, you're very welcome. Uh, the website is sellsellsell.online or you can give us a call, leave us a text or a voicemail at 833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-EBAY-723. Uh, I don't know what kind of week you've had, Sherry. Been busy over there? Well, my week started with the remnants of last week's fiasco with Xfinity Mobile, where I was just trying to add a phone to the service so that I Mm -hmm. could import from my second cell phone onto eBay's new listing tool. And now, even though they finally reactivated my original phone. Oh, okay. That's good. uh, You know, because they just took that phone number away, but they reactivated it. But I still don't have voicemail. So... I just haven't gathered up the strength to call back Xfinity and deal with that. Um, so meanwhile, I've I've just had a lot of shipping to do. How about you? 
Um, I've had my usual buying woes on eBay, and we've talked before, I think, about just how bad the ratio is in terms of nightmares to good experiences, which I won't dwell on uh, in great detail, but there's there's a couple of things I think have come up that I think are relevant for us as sellers to maybe take something away from. Um, I bought something at auction. It was a a piece of equipment that was useful to me. And uh, the seller didn't do a fantastic job of setting up his auction, and it closed out at 99 cents, somewhat to my advantage. Although he had a $16 shipping charge, which he could have shipped it in a flat rate envelope. So he was going to make 8 or $9 maybe. Um, And I think this might have been the gentleman's first sale. I don't know. He seemed very strange about the whole thing and normally i don't get hung up about people shipping times it doesn't really bother me um but after a couple of weeks and oh that hasn't turned up yet um i'll, I'll send the send the guy a note just see what's going on with that and I, I said could you maybe just let me know what the shipping number is because i don't seem to have it yet and he wrote me a note back saying stop being so sketchy or something uh i've already refunded your money I didn't oh think gosh. I was being sketchy, to be honest. I mean, I, I have been in the past, but not with this guy. Um, and uh, he hadn't refunded my money. So uh, I don't know. I, I left it a bit longer because sometimes people just, you know, they maybe get confused or they're thinking of somebody else or just takes them a while to figure out things. And that's fine. And the week later goes by and I thought, okay, this is this has gone quiet again. I said no, another note, pretty much the same thing. Hey, um, could you send out my item and or give me the, the tracking number? And then he did what I think most experienced sellers would probably not do, and that is ask eBay to step in and help on himself. And generally speaking, yes, there's times when you ask eBay to step in, but it's one of those situations where you only do it when you know you're going to win. And it's pretty easy to establish the facts as to whether or not you have shipped the item, have you refunded me, have I paid? It's all on the page in front of you. Um, And... I disagree with his approach here, and I didn't think it, it, it went well for him. So, of course, he loses the case. I mean, it's not a big sale. Um, so that's a, that's a ding on his account. I mean, it's not going to shut him down, but it's just something that begins to catch up with you after a bit. And yeah. he loses the, the, the final – I get refunded by eBay. He loses the final value fees, gets a ding on his account, and no doubt his pride's a bit dented. Um So anyway, uh, the point I think I'm trying to get across is that I would never, ever hit that button that says escalate to eBay without knowing either as a buyer or a seller exactly how that's going to be adjudicated. And if you don't know, you can call up and say, what would happen if I raised this for eBay to solve? And they'll tell you how it's going to go. So there's really, you know, to my mind, no good reason to end up losing any case on eBay. It just counts against you. And for the sake of a phone call, you, you could have solved that a different way. They would have said, oh, no, no, you're confused. You haven't refunded him. Here's what you can do. But And by the way, also, if you do something like that, and you, we all make mistakes, I never have a problem if someone just apologizes and said, you know what, I screwed this, screwed this up royally. I'm really sorry. But yeah. just digging yourself into a hole and denying it's your responsibility or your fault and, and getting snarky on messaging just doesn't go well. One of those, no, I think, yeah. you know, uh, count to 10 before you hit the send button uh, would apply in that kind of situation. So um, Usually if you're going to call mm-hmm. someone sketchy, you're sketchy. Yeah. 
It was a strange choice of word as well. I don't know quite what he means by that. I mean, I, was, I, hadn't, I hadn't even done any sketchy stuff myself. And I, like I said, I'm not immune from doing that. There's times when I'm in the, I just think, well, let's take this person for a ride. Uh, but I hadn't done that. In this case, I was actually not guilty of being a sketchy, unusually for me. So anyway, um, there we are. Uh, that's my uh, little uh, story on that one. And you, you were telling us last time, Sherry, that uh, you were having fun with uh, eBay and their fantastic shipping policies. Has that got itself any uh, any better oh. this week? Oh, my gosh. So just as I'm reeling from this cell phone fiasco, mm-hmm. I go to edit a listing, and it's forcing me to use these shipping policies, which is under eBay's business policies, that I set up years ago. When they first rolled it out, I thought, Hey, that's so awesome. I'm going to set up some shipping policies and be really organized. Well, it's not organized. They're not titled correctly. I can't tell what they are. And so now I'm faced with this nightmare where I just can't even put in what shipping I want to put in. Mm -hmm. So I took a deep breath and thought, you know what? I am going to try to use these shipping policies. I'm going to go edit the titles so I can tell what they are. So like how, many, some, how many did you have? Because you could have hundreds okay. without really that's trying. That's the punchline. Yeah, that's I'm the, sorry. That's the yeah. deal. No, I, I mean, I'm glad you asked. Perfect timing. Pages. And I noticed mm-hmm. it. Pages of hundreds, I, you know, of shipping policies. I noticed it because I thought, okay, this is perfect. This one is first class is the first choice because it weighs 13 ounces or mm-hmm. less. The value is not very high. Priority is the second choice in ca- because if they want it faster, they can get it. And then eBay Standard International for international. So I named it so I would actually know what it was. Mm-hmm. And it said, you can't do that because you have another shipping policy like this. <laughs> so I thought, okay. I took another deep breath. I'm going to go find that other shipping policy. And I looked down and there was more pages than they could show. Seven plus. It doesn't even show how many pages. Then I remembered how to go to my account settings and opt out of business policies. Mm -hmm. So I opted out. I didn't even opt in. They stuck me in this without me asking. So I opted out and it said, once this is available to everyone, you'll no longer be able to opt out. So that's very ominous. And in my fragile state of dealing with this stuff, I was feeling like flipping out, but I thought I'll wait to flip out until they make me do it. And I will have someone with eBay walk me through, how am I gonna clean up these shipping policies? I was afraid to, like, let's say I delete them all and start fresh. What will that do to my existing 1400 I don't think you can delete a policy that has a listing running on it. You're right. You so have what, to you have to create your library of. Sorry, we're trying to solve the problem on the air, which is a very always a bad approach for any kind of radio okay. program. But let's let's pursue this because I'm now engaged in the task of trying to solve your problem. Thank you need you. To, you have to. I would let's say you you ration yourself to a handful of policies and you force yes. yourself to operate. Let's say ten or less. Yes. Probably six if you could manage it, but let's say less than ten. And what I do with mine is I have like three asterisks or something if it's if it's one of my target uh, policy names. So th- those are the ones that I'm supposed to stick to. And then you have to go through all your listings and allocate them to one of the magical 10 that we're going to stick with. 
which hopefully you flagged on your system with a special tag or name or something so you know that's the the ones you're going to use and that frees up all the 300 that you're never going to use okay. i think you can then go in there and delete those and then going forward you have to be very disciplined and say i'm only going to pick one of the one of the 10 that i'm allowing myself to use and maybe that's not always the exact right choice but it's better than having these things proliferate and 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 multiply and and you know clog up the system Thank you. That's actually very helpful. And I only need five or six, and it will make it easier for my employees who are trying to remember, like, okay, if it weighs up to three pounds, we'll do priority first. And if it's got a dimension yeah. that's more... And that's so one of the problems it, is that, that everything has to comply exactly with the policy. What would be nice is if, let's say you have one general domestic shipping policy that had first class priority, whatever it is. And if it was more than 16 ounces, it would just ignore the first class and just stick it straight into priority without you doing anything. That would be helpful. But they don't do it. It has to, no. if it has, if you say first class is on the, rep, the repertoire of four shipping policies, if you try and associate that with an item that's more than 16 ounces, it's gonna reject it and say, no, that's that's not in with compliance with the shipping policy that you're you're attaching to it, go back and figure it out. Which yeah. is not the end of the world. It's just, you know, and, and I, I can understand why that we complicated the code. So, but it's it's not a terribly friendly process in my experience. I went Do through the same them? thing. Well, I was a Turbo Lister fan. Still am, I suppose. Um, may it rest in peace, Jerry. Um, <laughs> and they took it away, of course, promising they would replace its functionality with something that was at least as good. But that was a Devin Winnie promise. So, oh, oh, okay. Um, and... Uh, then I looked around at what the alternatives were, and I like the look of Wonder Lister. Still use that. I think it's good. Um, and they said, "Oh well, one of the one of the things you have to do is to get yourself onto shipping policies before we turn you up, because that's how we um, send your listings into eBay." Now that might be just because that's the only way an API based system can communicate with the platform, which is why I'm interested when you do your six bit thing. Um, whether you have the same same requirement or whether they are um, that you you can do a la carte um, shipping options, it'd be interesting to find out. Yes. I'll anyway, so that forced me, and my account was locked up for about a week because it created, of course, one shipping policy for every listing because there are always subtle differences in every single item. So I had like six hundred yes. shipping policies, and the platform ground to a halt. They locked up my account, said you cannot possibly run this account on the platform, it will grind to a halt. We need to step in and have someone go through it for you and uh, we'll get back to you when we've done that. So it, 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 I couldn't list for quite a long while. Uh, they did clean it up. Uh, we did work to get some standardized policies set up and after that, I've been disciplined and it's been okay. All right. But it so is difficult because people, um, you know, buyer will say, well, can you do this, that, and the other? Can you set this up to do FedEx to Canada or something, which you don't normally do? And you end up with these little exceptions creeping in, and then mm -hmm. that begins to proliferate the number of policies that you end up creating. Yes. Um, I'm not saying don't do what the customer wants, but it's hard to keep it down to single digits. Yes. Because as you say, there's, there's weights and places and dimensions and all these other parameters you know, we quickly Value. have an you know an n by n by n kind of permutation situation going on, and suddenly you're in three digits without really realizing it. Yeah, so, I think I'll have are. to wait till summer when all my 
teenage employees are mm-hmm. out of school and maybe working a lot more hours and I'm getting, you know, I'm more caught up on my listings, then maybe mm-hmm. I'll tackle this. Either that okay. or when eBay forces me to. Um, yeah, so I, I sympathize with you. It's, it's they Thank said, you. and in fairness, <laughs> they did say on the old eBay radio show, this is not for the faint-hearted. Do, do not wander into shipping policies unless you really are prepared to embrace the idea and, and do a lot of data cleanup as part of the conversion because it's complicated and it needs to be managed. You can't just blunder your way through. Um, yeah. Like we all did with Turbo Lister, where you just set everything on an item by item basis. It was perfectly great for that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, thank you for that. Sorry about that, by the way. Oh, well, thank uh, you. If you've had uh, experience or indeed have got uh, great advice on how to get the shipping policies thing working in a way that works well for you, please uh, get in touch. Uh, you can leave us a text or a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. That's one eight three three eBay 723 That's 833 eBay 23 if you want to contribute. Um, I um, ran into a slightly strange selling situation this week. And um, it was uh, from a gentleman from uh, Greece. Um, and I, I go hot and cold on uh, opening up my international orders to, to Greece because, and this is where the sweeping country generalization will step in. Sorry about this if you're from Greece. Uh, but uh, folks from Greece seem to have uh, one national pastime, and that is all about trying to avoid paying taxes. And that, oh. this is a whole European joke thing for you, which I won't get into the whole background now. But that's 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 the the wonderful thing about the Greeks. They are very, very creative when it comes to avoiding uh, taxes, particularly import taxes. So, and, and I just got tired of every single person that wanted to buy something from Greece would engage in about 25 emails back and forth about how can you do things to try and avoid them having to pay tax at their end. Uh, so that's my sort of uh, prejudice going into this particular situation. Uh, anyway, I get a I get a, a message from a gentleman in Greece who wants to buy something. That's very nice. It's quite an expensive item, even better. Um, but it's clear from the kind of question he's asking that he doesn't really understand the product. The product is something that is typically sold in the American market. It doesn't really work with radio stations outside America. So I just question whether this is actually what he really wants after all. Would this other widget be perhaps more appropriate for your needs? Yes, it apparently it is. Um, and, uh, but he hasn't read the description. He's asking about what kind of power does it take. It's in the, t- the title of the thing. But anyway, mm. another red flag. So we're, 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 we're rationing up the number of red flags as this, this conversation goes on. Um, uh, so he doesn't understand the product. He doesn't read the listing. And he says, oh, okay, um, also, what I want you to do is send it DHL on my account to Greece. Hmm. Um, and there's, there's another red flag for you, because DHL doesn't really work very well in the US. Sorry if you work for DHL, but they're not really on the, on the, big, the big two or three list. Um, but that's not necessarily the end of the world. Um, but the problem is that I don't really want to have to go through the whole hassle of setting up a relationship with DHL. And so... And the other problem also is that when you do things like sending on people's accounts, is there any guarantee that they're actually going to pay their bill? I've had this happen with FedEx before, where a um, customer said, oh, here's my FedEx account number. You can use that to ship the item to me. And I think, okay, that's great. Well, that seems easy, doesn't it? And then they either disputed the bill, they never paid the bill, it was the wrong number, I don't know. Uh, and by the way, that only comes to light a few weeks after the item's been delivered. 
So then now you're stiffed with the FedEx charges and no way of getting the money off the off the, the buyer, who's perfectly happy he's received the item. He hasn't paid any shipping. What's he going to do to help you? Absolutely nothing. Oh, no. And when you start doing that internationally, you could be talking about quite a lot of import duties, taxes, brokerage, storage charges, because FedEx really goes to town oh, on those yeah. accessorial charges on international orders. So I say, well... Yes, I can break the rules if you like and, and go DHL. I don't normally do DHL, but here's here's the wrinkle. I want you to print off all the documentation. I'll give you the the weights, the sizes, whatever else you need on your Fed on your DHL account. You send me the PDFs. I stick them on the box. You have DHL come pick it up. As far as I'm concerned, it's a pickup item. My responsibility ends when you pick it up. Uh -huh. That that suits me nicely. Um, he goes off and thinks about that. Next message back. Uh, I'm prepared to send you $500. Well, it's a $700 mm. item. <laughs> so now he's starting to haggle on price. He's made life more complicated. He's broken my workflow. He's trying to expose me to more risk, and he wants a big discount, which well, yeah. I don't do discounts of anybody. Not even people that you know follow the rules and want to pay me the you know uh, by regular methods. Um, so, you know, and so I, I go back to him and uh, say, okay, we can do that because now he's transferred it to a pickup item. He's now picking up state sales tax and sweeping generalization. Our Greek friend does not enjoy the idea of paying any more taxes on his item. So he wants me to take off the taxes because he's going to be picking it up and taking it off to Greece. And he says, well, look, why don't you write the paperwork up that says we're going to have the, this thing is being delivered to Greece? And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to do that because then I'm sending documentations. I'm responsible for delivery to Greece. If it goes to PayPal or whatever it is and says this never arrived, it was damaged. If my invoice says I'm giving it, sending it to Greece, yes, I might be able to write off his taxes, but I'm on the hook for something that I have no control whatsoever. I have no relationship with the shipping company. Um Etc. So I don't know how many red flags you went through there. I counted five or six. Uh, and as we've discussed before, you know, the great thing about an eBay business is it's your business. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You get yeah. up in the morning, you can do work, you don't want to work, you want to take orders. You, don't have to, you, you can say no. In corporate life, you can never say no. The answer is always yes, sir, right away, sir. So you know, this Which was, I was never good at. Well, I, I obviously I didn't like it either. After, as you get older and more cynical, the corporate game becomes less attractive. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I, we got to the point with this that I just think, uh, how many more red flags am I going to jump through for this thing? So, uh, And I did better because last time we spoke about me saying no to something, I just said, I'll pass, goodbye. Um, yeah. And that was a bit rude, but that was my decision. So anyway, this time I thought, okay, Sherry's advise me not to be so lippy next time uh what i'll do is i'll be oh, a bit I politer did. about it and i said uh look you know what i just don't think i can make you happy with this i, I think you'd do better buying off someone else that that can do all the things that you would like done so with respect i don't think i can proceed with this Good. and he came back a couple of times with various comebacks and stuff but but you know i think once you say no you, you you're better off just sticking with that position because it's just easier that oh way. yeah so oh, there were six times you could have and should have I, said no there. I, I so. should have. International order hasn't read the listing. That should have been enough. And and usually it is. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was. I was asking a lot of money for something that is tough to sell. But um, yeah. So there we are. That was my uh, big fat Greek nightmare for the week. Um, mm -hmm. 
And well, good you know, for that, you. That's for... the good thing. For you can you can say no, and you probably should. So, I, I think you know, as sellers, as a seller, you know, the times that deals have gone wrong, or that you've got negative feedback, or something's fallen off the rails, those warning signs were there. It yeah. very rarely happens out of the blue. It, the, the the breadcrumbs were beginning to sort of be dropped in the straight line. And I just think it's not worth the hassle. Getting into a whole messy situation where you're arguing about who's responsible for a broken item or whatever, it's just not worth it. I mean, I, I all my listings are fixed price. I don't do discounts. I don't do specials. That's the price. Take it or leave it. So every single buyer has the exact same revenue number to me. There's no difference between any, any of them. The only difference is how much hassle they're going to create for me on the back end. And that has cost. It takes time to sit around and go back and forth all these emails and run around and try and figure out how to get DHL documents printed or whatever. That takes time and money. So, um, yeah, I, I think my advice would be uh, watch out for these situations. They come out you and – uh, the point at which you realize it's just got all the hallmarks of being <laughs> a bad situation, just just walk away. There are other people out there that, that won't give you this kind of hassle. Yeah, listen to your instincts. Uh, like Dr. Lori used to say to mm -hmm. people complaining about their terrible husband, uh, she said, what, you know, the signs were there when you were dating. Yes. Um, you just chose to ignore them, but same yes. with... Uh, buyers, mm -hmm. crazy buyers. Also on the international thing, I did have somebody ask me about the not charging the VAT charges or whatever it was. Mm. And I said, I have nothing to do with that. And I, I did contact eBay and even now, if it's not the global shipping program, eBay still has to collect those taxes themselves. So it takes us completely off the hook. Yes. To just do it through eBay. eBay collects it. They follow whatever law they have to do, and they do it. And anyone who wants to go around with that, I would not deal with. Right. And that is that is that that has made life a lot easier, both with, with state taxes, which is always – that's always been a headache. Yes. Where, where they say, well, can I send you my certificate, and can you redo the invoice, or can it worse, can you credit me back? Uh, the tax that you collected. Now it's all done through eBay. You can mm -hmm. say, you know what? If you have a certificate, you file it with eBay, and you're good to go. I don't even that money doesn't touch me. I have no control over it. You know, good luck. And that's what I've done with my buying accounts. Uh, it works great. So yes, people yeah. are paying more taxes, uh, but uh, it's less hassle. So there we are. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, we also, I think, uh, just moving on here. Uh, I think last time you were struggling with uh, all this new item specifics that came on the the, the, the Tuesday, the two 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 day. That's uh, did right. Did you make any headway on that one? Um, well, not by any effort of my own. I uh -huh. never got past having eighty left, and I just left them because none of them were worth much. And I think I mentioned last week that I reduced the price on those by 50% because they yes. were all over four years old oh, wow. and not worth much to begin with. And it was just trying to create the least amount of work for myself as possible because if I ended them, I was going to have to pull them all from inventory. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like doing that either. So I just uh, 
reduced the price on all of them by 50%. And guess what? Three of them have sold <laughs> in the last week. And that's one of the interesting things. And uh, I was watching more videos by my man, uh, Don the Auction Professor. I do like his uh, channel. I highly recommend it if you want some straight talking. Uh, and that's one of his or things. He says, that, well, he can get ranty at times, which is fine. I like listening to that sort of stuff. And he makes the good point that, and it's the old, I think it's the old re-indexing thing. If you change something substantial on a listing, the search indexing system kind of takes a fresh look at it. And it can, it can revive an item that otherwise is not getting any hits. So what he says, and I think he's probably right, the changing the title, the price, or the picture represents a big delta. And that triggers probably a major re-index of your item. And maybe in the current market, it's a hotter item than maybe it was four years ago when you listed it and it got indexed before. I, I don't know quite how it works. They won't tell you anyway. Um, so uh, that's not a bad strategy. Um, you know, maybe take photograph number two, make it photograph number one or something. Just just change something without doing a lot of work and see whether that makes a, a difference. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is worth just mentioning is there's, there's I think there's two stages of, of stale listings on eBay. I think there's a 90-day marker and then there's one, is it 1,600 days or 16 months? I think it's 16 months. Um I think after 90 days, you kind of drop down into the, okay, this isn't going to sell in time soon for us. We're not going to make our commission, so we're going to push that down onto like page four or five of search. And then after 16 months, they kind of say, well, unless someone actually says that absolute literally title exactly the way you've got it written, it's probably not going to surface at all because you're in dormant mode. And uh, usually then the seller hub will start flagging it up and said, this hasn't seen anything action in so long that you've got to go ahead and change it because we're not going to push it for you yeah so, well that was really exciting mm -hmm. and i also thought because it said that item specifics were required by 222 i thought they were going going to end them or what was going to happen well i looked at my item specifics required bubble yes. and it says 10 now and i think those must be new ones because the 80 never got ended by eBay. So maybe eBay just made its best guesstimate and assigned mm -hmm. item specifics. I hope that would be the best case scenario right. and fixed it for me, which mm -hmm. I wish they would have done to begin with. So anyway, I'm definitely going to look at my other listings by oldest to newest and group mark things down because I was pretty excited to have that dead weight sell, you know, some of it sell. Excellent. Okay, we'll get on with the, uh, the official uh, eBay news. Uh, we'll do that right after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sell sell sell dot online that's www sell 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 dot online thank you for being part of the show
Hope you uh, enjoy our uh, big budget announcers doing a good job uh, for uh, huge salaries. Uh, anyway, onto the eBay news this week. Of course, World War Three breaks out, and uh, well, I'm sorry to say that if you are looking at a big order book from Ukraine or Russia, then uh, that's uh, all bets are off right now. I don't think eBay is taking any orders uh, to those places. Now they said that they suspended service to Russia via GSP. I think on the announcement, I thought they finished that three years ago. Maybe I, I misread it, but uh, I remember an eBay Live, so we're talking over two years ago, um, asking somebody, I think, on the shipping stand what the, the situation was with Russia. Was it temporarily off? Was it permanently off? And the, I think they said, probably an off-the-record remark, that they basically couldn't find anybody anymore to insure them because the insurance rates, the claims were so ridiculously high, no one would touch them on the on, on sending stuff to Russia. So... Sorry about the uh, situation if you're in Ukraine. I don't think we've got too many uh, listeners there, but if we do, sorry about all that. Um, but yes, uh, I think it's fair to say that Ukraine and Russia are not going to be hot selling destinations anytime soon. And eBay adds new conditions to the seller check-ins. I don't know if you've read that yet, but you have to behave. Uh, at And there's a new code of conduct I, I kind of like it, like no being extremely rude, don't have things in your background that are going to be offensive or hateful to others. This might be a result of all of the, not just snarky, but really like angry kind of comments at a couple check-ins ago. You think that's the result of that? I think, I think this is a new thing. I don't recall seeing that being on the you have to click here when you when you would join a call before. I think it's a thing they've they've come up with. I mean, I yeah. think it's a bit unnecessary, but if you like it, I I, I can sympathise with that. Um, it, 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 they they say that you're supposed to leave with them a live email or phone number where in the middle of a call, if you're doing something that transgresses the aforementioned rules, they will contact you prior to pulling you out of the call. I just don't see it happening like that. But uh, that's probably I think they just to want protect to protect themselves legally. I, I think that's exactly what it is. The the legal department yeah. says you can't kick someone off a call without there being some policy that that you have to publish, and that's that's what it is. I, I it, it was it was a strange as you say it was a couple of calls back. It was a very strange thing. I get a few people just kind of like went to town. On the, on the chat session with each other. And I think eBay, I would just let it slide. But anything with their brand at the top, there's a million people whose careers now are at stake. So they have to come up with some policy response and that's it. So anyway, if you are uh, going to attend the new format um, seller check-in calls, and if you haven't received an invite, no problem. You can just sign up. Just go to sellerevents.ebay.com and, and there's like four of them, I think, posted for the rest of the year. Uh, you can get yourself an invite to that. Um, they are holding like a little uh, short regional seller-organized uh, get-together at the uh, the beginning part of the meeting. So uh, if you want to meet people in your area before you join the main call, you can do that. Um, and if you're in Florida, you, you go ahead and join Philip's group. Yes, we got, uh, there's, a, there's, no, there's a Miami, there's a Miami group and there's a couple of us doing, Kami is going to be joining with me on the Orlando area. Kami okay. runs uh, the uh, meetup on kind of the other side of town. 
I try and get to as many of her events as I can, but unfortunately, uh, Interstate Number 4 runs through Orlando, and it's just a complete nightmare any time of sort of rush hour, and it would take me an hour and a half, hour, hour 45 minutes to go probably 50 miles wow. across the other side of town at that time of day, and probably an hour to come back. So... Um, I'm afraid I, I don't always make it, but I, I, I go whenever I can. So anyway, the, the two of us are, I think, trying to um, club together a bit and drive some attendance in the Orlando area. That's where you are. Please uh, join us in the chat room for Orlando. There's a, a, another – some of the states have chat rooms. Some don't. It's a bit hit and miss, I think, as to who's who's available to do it. And eBay is, I think, keen to try and uh, drive some sort of local uh, local meetings because without there being able – without there being um, – uh, a, a full-blown uh, eBay Open this year. I think they're, they're keen to try and do some uh, local face-to-face stuff. Anyway, so that's interesting. That's in the news this week. Uh, and I won't go into enormous detail about the eBay results. You can you can find all of those. I mean, the net really is that their revenue line was down by maybe, what, 10% or so? Uh, but their um, fees were up 5%. So they sold or they had less revenue, but they made more money. And if you do the arithmetic, let's say fees went up by, say, 15%, give or take, uh, which is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the direction uh, direction of travel um, for eBay. No shock to anybody, I suspect. But um, uh, we'll talk about maybe what we might decide to do as sellers in response to that, maybe another time. Um, also, and you may not have seen this, they did some fee changes to the UK, and you may think, well, why the heck's that important? Well, UK and Australia are quite often the testing ground for policies and ideas that they don't want to risk throwing at the US marketplace, but they can they can trash the UK. It's a small place after all. What do oh. they care? Um, and what they did that's controversial... Ooh, hang on, my ship FedEx guy needs... Feeding. Um, the what they what they've done is in the UK in that market they have a a, volu- a, a volume based discount scheme. We have a scheme that basically rewards uh, top rated sellers. They have one that's based on volume, and it's either eight percent or four percent uh, reduction in your fees depending how much you sell. The top category, I think, you have to have about. $250,000 a month or something. So it's not everybody, but it, it, uh. it's pretty important sellers. And they just said, okay, we're doing away with that. No more 8%, no more 4%, deal with it. Wow, that's kind of and shocking. And that's, that's pretty hard. I mean, that's, that's not something that's going to go down well with your top sellers. And I don't think it's just because they're migrating people onto sort of individually negotiated contracts. I mean, I looked at the sort of the chat boards to say to see whether – People had said, oh, well, yeah, don't worry. We've been told our account manager is going to take care of this. We'll, we'll, we'll get something different. No, I think they genuinely just, just did away with it. So what does that mean for us uh, in, in the States? I think most of us are, are probably US-based these days. Um, and they hate that 10% discount we get for being top-rated sellers. They've tried to sort of nibble away at it over the time. They've made the thresholds for qualifying higher, taking it down from 20 to 10 Um if they will take 8% away from their really big account somewhere, how safe do you think our 10% top-rated discount is going to be? I don't know. Um, Not safe. Anyway, so one of the speakers that I think we should try and get on one of these days is someone who's good at talking about what do you do if you don't want to be on eBay or you want to have a plan B? 
what are the options? So that's something we'll talk about in a, in a future episode and we'll get someone that can maybe give us some thoughts on uh, what you can do because, you know, it's very possible that eBay may be less attractive or unattractive in the in the months or years to come and it would be sensible to be thinking now about well what do i do if that happens what what happens if certain changes take place what would my other options be so we'll we'll talk about that some other time Uh, meanwhile with regard to ebay strategy um uh, they're continuing with the uh strategy of targeting certain verticals and i think Mm -hmm. watches and bags get more more action this week right sherry yeah they have a new watch verification option Right now, um, they have to. Your watch has to sell for two thousand dollars or more. Then they have the authentication service for free. But if your watch sells between one thousand and two thousand dollars, you now have the option as a seller to pay for the authentication service, so that you can have it, even though you don't meet the two thousand dollar threshold. I don't know much more than that. I don't know where the figure $80 comes to mind. I think I read that, that it might cost $80. Yep, I think so. Uh, Yeah, okay. And then they also have already had the luxury handbag verification service if it sells for at least $500. What I didn't realize is that that was limited to women's handbags and now they've expanded it to the men's bags category. So as for you men with those luxury handbags that sell for at least $500, you get the authentication service for free as well. And you know, men like this do exist. I have a new client who I'm gonna be selling some handmade alligator boots for him and an alligator briefcase for him so men with luxury clothing and accessories exist okay i'll buy the briefcase but the whole man bag thing i think is uh, a little scary (laughs) do you have an ebay listing that isn't selling philip and sherry want to help they'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving just send us your item number and we'll get to work www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online Okay, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, how we measure uh, profitability of our eBay businesses. And this is one of the uh, the challenges that you'd have thought after, I don't know how long this platform's been running, we would have fixed by now. But... Um, I know, Sherry, you struggle as a, as a consignment seller to get a really clear idea of exactly what you've spent on behalf of your client to make a sale and therefore what they should be billed for. And that information, for. Assuming, yeah, I mean, that information is, has to be timely. You, you need that pretty much straight away. And you have like a manual workaround to try and try and get that. Yes. Um, so you and I were both interested to see that eBay announced literally just a few days ago, uh, integration with QuickBooks. And I know nothing about QuickBooks, but I think you've used them in the past. And yes. it's it's a thing that allows you to connect your QuickBooks, certainly the online version of QuickBooks, with your eBay store. And in theory, uh, it'll access your sold items information. And the, the 
blurb they sent out says it'll capture all the costs associated with that with that sale. And uh, I think we assigned this to you as homework last week, but I thought I'd step in and have a crack at it because it intrigued me. This Thank is the sort you. of thing that I, I like. I like poking around at. Uh, so anyway, I, I signed up for a, a, a QuickBooks trial with a, with a kind of a fake email just so I could tinker around with it. And I clicked on the thing that said connect to my eBay account, which it did. And I was very pleasantly surprised. What happens, and this is this is a QuickBooks novice speaking, so if you think I'm um, talking nonsense, well, I probably am. But but what <laughs> it does is it connects to your eBay account and it creates invoices in QuickBooks. I looked at an example of the invoice, and as far as I could tell, it had pulled all the right information to do with that sale. It had uh, how much tax had been paid by the buyer. That was in a notes field somewhere. Uh, it showed you how much uh, the fees had been charged, any promoted listing fees, the shipping, everything that eBay knows about was in that does document. It pull, does it pull in the custom label field? I think it does, yes. Yes, because okay, I'm pretty sorry. sure that... Go on. The, yes, because a lot of us use that to... Um, in your case, it might be uh, how you recognize your different customers within your listings. Yes. Or, I mean, a lot of people use it to embed uh, their cost of goods information, uh, which they use in downstream analysis to figure out how much profit they've made. So that seemed to be pretty good. Um, obviously, whether it's going to meet anyone's needs is depends a little bit on your circumstances. Uh, but that seemed pretty good. So we will carry on with that. If, however, you're an expert or at least a relatively experienced user of QuickBooks and you have tried this or you want to try this and can report back to us on what you think it's is doing and is it worthwhile, uh, that would be really, really useful. Um, if you want to get in touch, just go to our website. You can email us or uh, give us a call. Uh, so that's sell, sell, sell dot online. Now, in parallel with that, I was also tinkering around with kind of the equivalent thing on Excel using the standard reports that are on Seller Hub, and uh, I made pretty good, pretty good headway trying to come up with um, a really accurate but simple profitability statement for my sold items. Um, I'll report back once I've fixed a few things with it, but it seemed to be going okay. I was hoping uh, to bounce this stuff off someone from the seller, uh, seller hub team earlier today, but unfortunately our little meeting on a different topic, by the way, but our little meeting got, got moved back. So I will be quizzing them, uh, on, on this stuff, uh, hopefully in the next week. And I'll let you maybe know next week how that went in terms of whether this is a direction that, that we can kind of just nudge eBay in because it's only been what, 15 years of asking, um, <laughs> uh, can we actually have a profitability report? Uh, anyway, we'll see. So um, that's kind of uh, kind of work in progress, and um, we'll let you know how we get on with that. Thank you. All right. Now, <laughs> Shari, I think we hinted earlier, um, was uh, selected to receive one of those up-and-running grants. How many people applied this year? 10,000? More than 10,000? It was quite a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was something more than 10,000. Into five figures, certainly. And there was like 50 of them. So done very right. well to be awarded one of those. Thank you. And I thought what we would do is just, just get Sherry's um, um, uh, input over as time goes by on, on how this thing unfolds once you've been selected. What exactly do they do for you? Because it's not just money. They, they give you uh, tuition and help and other things. 
if only because those of us that were unsuccessful are going to have another crack next year, I'm sure. But if we know what is going on with the program, it would be easier to think about how we write the application to therefore be a better fit with what eBay is actually trying to do because they don't say much about exactly the kind of businesses they're looking for um, in the application process or what the um, what they what they'll do for you. And I'm sure that if you write an application that fits what they think are the people that are going to benefit from the program, then you've got a better chance. So that's what we're going to do with uh, the next few minutes. So let's pick it up, Sherry, at the point at which you get an email saying, congratulations, you've won. Um, what, what happens next? Okay. In that email, it says respond within 48 hours or you <laughs> will be relinquishing this and we will award it to somebody else. So I responded within seconds and what they needed was an agreement to accept and also a bank account for them to deposit the money in. Mm -hmm. And they deposited it in December. Um, so it was done pretty quickly. And so they didn't, didn't come back and say, you know what, you, you've said you're a certain size or you have certain employees or whatever. They didn't ask you to revalidate any of that information. No. You were just taking out your word, what you said on the application. That's right. I'm 99% sure I'm searching my memory, but well, you know, it, it if was, someone turned out with a clipboard um, asking for your yeah. ten, your your, your uh, 1040s, I suspect. So, uh, oh right, they didn't ask for any of that. Really, what they were asking for is, do you agree to accept this? Yes, and do you have and to subscribe to be to uh, publicity? Do they demand that you be on camera or something as part of a quid pro quo? They don't demand it. They just say, you know, we'd love it if you would share this, and okay. they send. Um, a kit, well, they send an email with some things that you can post on social media. Uh -huh. So I did that. Do you think that being an active social media person is a, a potentially a criteria for selection? I think it might be helpful. I did share that I have an eBay group on Facebook. I mean, uh -huh. it, albeit a small one. And this fantastic and that, broadcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't share that at the time because we weren't really launched. So they didn't no. even know this amazing I'm joking, news. of course. I know. Um, and I, they wanted to know my Twitter handle, which is worthless. So they didn't judge me on Twitter because that's worthless. But on Facebook and Instagram, I'm active. So I, I think that's a, a little bit of a factor. I really think this is something that they do to help people give them a leg up who need some help to get to that next level and to get through a hardship or really to grow. And um, I did let them know what I was struggling with, what growing pains I was having and how I couldn't seem to get to that next phase. I desperately needed more help to hire more help but couldn't afford it i needed new equipment mm -hmm. so i was very clear about that in my application and in the program so once they've awarded the money then they start their training program so they have seller school mm -hmm. um ebayseller.school.com something like that sellerschool.ebay.com where anyone can uh, register on there and watch a 
plethora of training videos which are very well done on how to create a good listing. So it starts really at the beginning, how to create your account, all the way to advanced branding, marketing, um, performance analysis, using their promotions. I mean, it's really, really well done. But for the up and running, you not only get the seller school, but you get a live webinar once a week mm-hmm. for, I think it was five weeks, I'm trying to remember. and covering the different topics where you can ask questions, but then they also have a weekly ask me anything session Mm -hmm. for an hour where you can ask your specific questions and they'll talk to you in that training session. So based on that, what level do you think the the typical recipient is at on the sort of the basic intermediate stroke advanced sort of scale, would you say? Okay, they, I would say there were a lot of people who were, you know, maybe beginner intermediate, you Uh know, or some beginner, some uh, more advanced beginner. And then there are some people like me who um, maybe didn't have to do all the trainings, uh, but we just needed help financially. I mean, mm-hmm, that's my mm-hmm, case. I, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I'm going to admit something. I don't know if I should admit it, but Uh-oh. I went to the launch party and I went to the end party. I did not attend all of the training because for the previous up and running grant, I was recruited by eBay to be one of the seller coaches. <laughs> so I already had experienced all the material and I've been selling for a goodness knows how long. Um, so would you think that if someone was applying, showing that you perhaps have some some room to learn might not be a bad idea? Whereas if you go in all cocky and say, you know what, I know everything there is to know, they might say, well, what you might not get much benefit from this aspect of the program when maybe there's another <laughs> person who would be more get more out of it than, than you would. I mean, just dial down perhaps your your achievement level if, if you are, a, are an expert or a trainer already. You know what? Am I they reading already, too much into the process? I mean, I think that part you might read. Well, I just, I'm sure they knew I was already a seller coach in the program. The, uh-huh. the people running the program already knew me from when I kind of worked with them mm-hmm. and in doing it. So I really don't feel like that was a factor. I do feel like a big factor was the hardship level. Okay. And I'm just bringing this up to say that I know I've said it before, but my husband did pass away four years ago. And when he did, I relocated to Colorado from California. So not only did I have to double my income, being that I had to replace his income, but I also relocated and needed to grow in Colorado because all of my clients were in California. So I was very clear about that in my application. I think that they're really looking for a hardship yeah. that, and then that they can help you with that to get through that. So a construct that says, I have the basic ability, I've got this particular hurdle in my life or my operation at this point in time, but I can clearly demonstrate I can get beyond that, save for the lack of money. That's a nice construct to build a case around. The, yeah. 
you're not you're not throwing your money away. It's going to offer some return. I probably won't get there without it. Yeah. And everybody benefits, and maybe particularly if you're employing other people and creating jobs, that would presumably also count in your favor, I guess, as far as eBay is concerned. Yes, and I did uh, talk about that in my application, mm -hmm. that I like to hire young adults, that I can, you know, expose them to the whole eBay thing. Good. All right. Well, tell you what, as this progresses, we'd like to follow you through this process and see how, uh, how it works out for you, if that's okay. And we'll do uh -huh. that and many other things in the next edition of the program. If you want to find out more about us or previous editions of the program, you can find that at sellsellsell.online. So that's sellsellsell.online. Uh, you can also get in touch with us. Let us know how uh, this show works for you. Are we trying stuff that's way too complicated? Or would you prefer something basic? I don't know. Uh, you can tell us. Let us know. Uh, so, uh, Sherry, we will uh, be back next week. Uh, I'll say thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you next week. And um, yes, we'll, uh, I can't find my closing thingy, Bob, from the fake announcer, but we'll do that <laughs> another time. Uh, again, check us out online. We're at uh, sellsellsell.online. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye.